Rise and shine. It's butt whipping time. It's time for the Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer. That broadcast school has really paid off. And Christian Peck Dimmitt. Do you want to keep this job? Shut up, listen, learn. The region's only local sports talk show. Discussing it all from the preps to the pros. What time is it? Dance and Simulcasting on AM 730 Fox Sports Tri-State. Streaming online at nwksradio.net and the Rockingham app. They are everywhere. The Blitz is presented by the Insurance Agency, the Farmer State Bank in Oakley, the Cowboy Corner Express, and Equity Bank of Hoxie, Quinter, and Grinnell. Stop what you're doing and listen. Watson in motion. They're going to throw a crossing pattern. Caught Rice, 30, angling 25 up the sideline, 15, inside the 5, touchdown! Kansas City! A 39-yard crossing pattern, and then zooming up the sideline, Rashi Rice with one of the biggest plays this season for the Chiefs. They have the coveted second-half two-possession lead. Javante Williams to the right of Russell. Two receivers on each side of the set. He brings Mims in motion. He keeps it again, running to the right side. Wilson leaps into the end zone. Touchdown, Denver. Brooks in motion. They fake it to him. Now they throw it to Senate in the middle. And Ben at the 10. Breaks a tackle. Touchdown. Touchdown, Kansas State. 15 yards to Ben Senate. They fake a handoff to Bean. Neal's going to keep. He's got blocking. 25-20-15-10-5. Touchdown, Kansas. Real deal. Devin Neal does it again from 30 yards out. We're back. Good Monday morning, everybody. It's the Morning Blitz. Ross Volkmer, Christian Peck Dimmitt with you here on 1025 U-Rock. Simulcasting AM 730 Fox Sports Tri-State, of course. And radio.net and the Rockingham app. So glad you're with us on this Monday, November the 27th. And I hope you had a warm, safe, fun Thanksgiving this past week uh, and weekend. Uh, I know I enjoyed a great meal on Thursday and pretty much a lot of football all of the rest of the days. That's the way it was for me. A ton of it. Christian, what was your As Thanksgiving like? Was it that way? It was It was pretty good. I maybe did not enjoy the football that was played as much uh, what do you as mean? others. But what do you mean? <laughs> you, this is a guy uh, who's got his was... Big Ten Champions 2021 yeah. sweatshirt on right now. and I thought I thought we were talking Thanksgiving specifically. Why not? Uh, that part, I did not enjoy the Lions uh, getting <laughs> pummeled. Lions. We, we looked bad. Uh, that's been my scouting report on Jared for a while, uh, is you give him a clean pocket, he can put up the incredible numbers that he has been, but you get pressure in his face, up the middle pressure, oh, the bad decisions are bound to happen. Um, he, Which is fine, because we have a top three offensive line, but somehow, some way, uh, the Packers found a way to consistently get pressure in his face. He did not look good. Made a lot of quick decisions, uh, which were usually bad. So that part wasn't fun. But Thanksgiving was nice. Thanksgiving itself was was good. That's good. Did you get turkey? Are you a ham guy? What was it uh, this Thanksgiving for you? Was turkey. I was over at Chad's house, and uh, turkey. There you go. Actually, both both were served. Uh, turkey and turkey ham. Guy. Good deal. I don't know about you? Yeah. Good deal. Uh, we had turkey and ham at our at the Thanksgiving I was at there, oh, and it was okay. all fantastic. Uh, we had cheesy potatoes, which we know are delicious, but there was one thing that was missing from the dinner table, and that was gravy. Uh-oh. I was disappointed. I needed oh, some gravy. 
it's like even even if you don't need it for the potatoes, you need that gravy on that turkey. Uh, that'd be great. And so I, I made a little bit of a I mean, we even had a discussion on this show about the kinds of gravy that you yeah. like. Um, but uh, that just didn't happen. I guess I jinxed myself to some somewhat of extent. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I hope once again everybody out there listening had a great Thanksgiving and a great past weekend. Hope you're charged and ready to go into the. Uh, Last partial week of November, and before you know it, December will be here starting up on Friday, which is hard to believe, but uh, we are there. Uh, get your thoughts and comments in on our tax line, the number 785-899-2222. would love to hear from you throughout uh, this next uh, hour or so here on The Blitz, where we have our weekend winners and losers coming up here in just a matter of moments. We'll get to the leftovers as well. A Monday show always goes fast because there's so much to recap, and honestly, after... Not having a show on Thursday and Friday, there's even more to recap. So, wasting no time, let's get into it. Our weekend winners and losers. There are two kinds of people in this world. There's winners and there's losers. Which ones were which this past weekend? I want winners. Loser, you're a loser. It's the weekend's winners and losers on the Morning Blitz. Want to be a winner, be a winner. Weekend winner number one for Christian Peck Dimmitt is... I've got college football fans, uh, and it, it, this extends a little bit into next week, uh, but look around and, and soak it in a little bit. you got to enjoy it because college football like this, the divisions, the conferences, uh, the playoffs laid out like they are right now, we only have a few more weeks of this. I'm not saying that that means it will objectively change for the worse. We, you know, we have more football next year, right? More playoffs. Um, but there is a nostalgia, at least for me, that comes with these teams and this conf- in these conferences kind of laid out the way they are, defined uh, my childhood, my sports-watching sports childhood at least. Uh, in the, the college football playoff, of course, expanding next year. But here's my thing. Expanding next year, we'll get more than three games of the playoffs uh, in 2024. But really, we have more playoff games than three this year, too. And that's why I think we have a college football fan winner this weekend. All college football fans, Michigan OSU, that was a playoff game. It was last year as well, and really it was in 2021 as well. Three straight years an extra playoff game, Oregon, Washington fighting for the Pac-12, essentially a playoff game. Also, Alabama, Georgia, interestingly enough, depending on how it's played, may very well be a playoff game. It certainly is for Bama. And then Texas, that could Oklahoma also State. be a playoff. Oklahoma State, not is OU. It Oklahoma Oakie State. State. Oh, my State. Gosh. They beat BYU in double overtime. It was not pretty in the rain in Stillwater. But they got the win, and they go to the Big 12 title game to take on How Texas. How about Oklahoma State? Oh, it's a, it's you asked a, me halfway through this year. Uh, I mean, look, come on. My, the Gundy is a phenomenal coach. I don't want that is a guy who has done so much at his alma mater, and he's a guy that probably could go somewhere else and probably still have a lot of success. He's a phenomenal recruiter. He's not so stuck in his ways to where. Uh, you know, he 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 believes I'm going to use the players that I have to get the success that I have. Think about it. Gundy's always been a guy who loves to throw the ball around the yard. He's always been that type of guy, a runner, or a guy who likes to sh- throw the ball and pass a lot. Brandon Whedon, um, 
trying to think of some other really good quarterbacks that they've had there. You know, Spencer Sanders is one that just, you know, he was there for a while. They they love to throw the ball around the yard. And they've had great great wide receivers, you know, Des Bryant, Will Blackman. You can go up and down the list. Tons of great wide receivers at Oklahoma State over the years. This year, it's all about a running back, Ollie Gordon the third, And this is a guy who is the best running back in the Big 12, and they've loaded him up with a bunch of carries. He had five touchdowns in that come-from-behind win against BYU on Saturday. Uh, that's why I give a lot of cra- a lot of uh, credit to uh, Oklahoma State in particular. Their head coach Mike Gundy, he's done a phenomenal job uh, there at OSU, and he got them in the Big Twelve title game against Texas. So there you go. But yes, sorry, you can finish your point. No, no, that uh, essentially that game, at least for Texas, and probably only for Texas, that could be a playoff game as well. I think this idea. Um, that we're expanding the playoffs is probably a good thing. There are more teams, especially in the last couple of years, maybe not 12, but the five, six, seven teams that deserve to be there, that could, you know, be in that upper echelon. The, the thing is, it does take away from the games that we think are important right now. One year from now, if everything was exactly the same, Oregon-Washington would not hold very much weight. Not in the same way. The Pac-12 title game. Yes, the Pac-12 title game. would. It, I'm saying the way it's laid out right now with two top 10 teams playing each other doesn't mean as much. For seeding, sure, but a spot in the playoffs on the line won't happen next year. Not like that. Michigan, Ohio State, if it ends up being that, I don't think it will with the way the Big Ten will be next year. But same thing. It wouldn't be a glorified playoff game because realistically both teams, especially if it's close, but either way are going to make it in. So I think the way it is right now, while not objectively worse or better, you get more of these games at the end of the year that mean so much more. Yeah, I think you're going to have these games. Um, they, they will happen. It's just going to happen a couple weeks later. I think that's the thing. Yeah, uh, You're, yeah. you're, these and these games might be big for seeding purposes uh, coming up next year. We don't know what that twelve team playoff is going to look like, but I, seeding purposes could be a huge part of this going forward. You know, if you're watching or Oregon and you're sitting there thinking, "Well, we could host or we could be on the road," because that's going to be the great thing I think about this college football playoff is that if is that they're going to be played at the sites of the highest seed, not at some neutral site. So you're going to have to maybe go to Michigan in a blizzard game. You may have to go to Washington on a rainy Saturday. You may have to go to this place instead of being Florida or Alabama and getting played down in your place where it's beautiful weather all the time. You might have to go to those places and win. That makes it unique, and I like that. I like that a lot. So that that's just, I don't know. I I, I get it. You're right. It I am... I don't know where I'm at because I haven't seen it yet. I'm not going to sit here and judge the 12-team playoff until we have a year under our belt. So talk when we discuss about this next year, we'll talk about it and say, well, what do we think on this? Is it better the old way or is it better this way? My guess is the truth, as I always say, will lie somewhere in between. We're going to love some things about the playoff, the 12-team playoff, and we're going to miss some things about the old one. You know, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how the regular season is impacted. You know, if you lose a game late in the regular season, is that going to hurt your chances of making the playoff, or does it really not matter if you're high enough up there? Like, like think about this, folks. Think about this. that the, the Iron Bowl, if anybody didn't get a chance to watch this, you have to go back and catch the highlights. The Iron Bowl this weekend was nuts. Auburn had it won, as they have before in previous years at Jordan Air. 
They've had it won. The couple years ago when uh, Brian Harson was the head coach, for the, I think it was Tank Bigsby, ran out of bounds, and he should have stayed inbounds. And, what ran, and then that gave Alabama time to then win the game later on or send it to overtime and win it. And then fourth and goal from the 30 for Alabama, and Jalen Milrow finds uh, Bond, Isaiah Bond in the back of the end zone making a catch over an Auburn defender and getting both feet inbounds to win on a fourth and goal. I mean, it's nuts. Watch the play if you haven't. It. It's crazy. The season was over for Bama. It was fourth and goal from the 30. Auburn let a guy get behind him. They make that touchdown. They win. They stay alive in the playoff. If they don't make that play, it's over. It's over for Bama. They're not making the playoff. No matter how, if they, even if they beat George in the SEC title game, they got two losses. It's not going to happen. Think about it. It's that those type of games right there matter so much, especially late in the season. You can lose early in the season. I will give you this. If you want to play tough competition and lose early in the season and put it together at the end of the season and not lose a game the rest of the way, you can make it into the postseason pretty easily and into the playoff. Alabama was a prime example of that. If they would have, they're still alive. Think about it. They lost to Texas. They're actually a Ahead of, no, they're not. They're behind Texas by one in the poll because of that one game head-to-head. But Alabama, if they beat Georgia, (laughs) if they beat Georgia, they're probably going to vault ahead of Texas, and even though they beat Texas. Guarantee it. Watch it. It'll happen. One more thought here, Christian, before we move on from this topic, unless you got something else to add to it. But this was from Scott Van Pelt. This came on Saturday night. This is Scott Van Pelt, his Twitter account, at uh, NotTheFakeSVP. Even without upsets, he's talking about college football. Even without the upsets, this sport is the absolute greatest. Nothing matches the level of abject lunacy that college football provides. The wait is forever, then the season is gone in a blur, and a blink, and I love it so much. That's the quote from Scott Van Pelt. I couldn't quote it much better. Football season is the greatest season of all seasons. It is the best, especially college football. It's the best season of all seasons. It starts in late August. It's over by the end of November. It's a very sad deal. Would love to see it be a little bit longer. I'd love to see them extend it one more week, give teams double buys. Be great to see teams at better health at times throughout the season. The playoff is going to add some more games. College football is the best sport ever. You only get one game a week. I know someone quote or was on his Twitter account and said something like, college basketball blows it out of the water. There are wild upsets every single day of the entire season. And Scott goes, totally different. One game a week, a loss can, can be eliminating. Fan bases are almost always completely unhinged in ways hoop fans are only sporadically. College football, it's like comparing apples and giraffes. <laughs> That's what Scott Van Pelt said. Look, I couldn't say any better. It's the best sport out there. That's why when it's on for these four months, it's, it's, it's on the forefront of my mind in the sports world. And it's in the it's really close to the forefront of my mind even in the offseason. It's the best there is out there. And we're coming to the very end with bowl game or sorry, with a call it with conference championships uh coming up here. Which enjoy this might be, I don't think it's gonna be the very last ever, but you know, they're gonna change. Uh, you know, some 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 teams have gone to the where it's just the top two teams out of the entire league. Uh, some teams, some like the Big Ten and the uh, the SEC, still have divisions, and the you know it's division winners playing each other. That's going to change next year for the most part, at least in the Big Ten, it is, and I'm sure it will in other spots as well. So, you know, it's it's going to look different again next year, but I don't think you can beat what is college football, which is just simply amazing. 
I'm 100% with you there. I love I, I love other sports, too. I think college football might have to take the cake. Obviously, I'm a little biased because my team is and has been near the top. But I think that's part of why, you know, I have them as a winner this weekend, and I'm really taking time to enjoy it weekend by weekend this year. I think it's just the nostalgia. I'm a nostalgic person, and I, I love the way it's set up right now. We, we've talked about it enough. There will be good and bad next year. Um, and, and I think mostly it will be for the better that it changes next year. But there are little things that I just just enjoy the way it is one last time. Uh, we'll, we'll have plenty of time to talk on this in the future. But I am concerned with conferences getting to be 18 teams deep and not having divisions yeah. is kind of weird. Um, that's a with lot. There. That's a very weird deal that we'll have to figure out in the, at a later date. All right, moving on. My winner of the weekend, congratulations to the Shiloh Cougar football team. The Shiloh Cougars are your six-man state football champions. They get the win on Saturday in Dodge City, blasting Cunningham 57-8. They didn't even need a full game to get it done. The game was over in the third quarter uh, due to the 45-point rule. Uh, had to make coach that had to make Coach Walton pretty happy when he joined the show this last week. He doesn't like the cold temperatures. Well, they got it over in the third quarter, so he'd have to be out there for as long as he needed to, which I thought was great. Uh, it's the second title for Shyland football since 2020, uh, but they are the first Kesha. Uh, it's the first Kesha title for Shyland in the school's history, I think. So they won a state title in the six man association in 2020. Now they become uh, the six man Kesha state champions, which this is something that I talked about last year. I should say earlier this year, actually, last last school year, talking about being the first. Um, you know, and, and now in the record books going forward, the first ever Keisha six-man state football champs are the Shyland Cougars. It's there in stone. So when they pull back the record books of Keisha hundreds of years now, like who won the first ever six-man football title? Shyland. That's who did it. So your his it's history. Uh, and it's very, very cool. And look, they had one of the best players in the state, uh, Logan McCarty, uh, had eight touchdowns in that game, had five passing touchdowns and three rushing touchdowns. He has been an absolute stud ever since he started as a freshman uh, to help them in 2020 to win a title. So he bookends his career with state championships as Logan McCarty and that great senior class, Brady Kretzer, Pablo Bermudez, so many great players on that team that are going to graduate. The winningest uh, players in Shyland football history, it's great to see. Uh, they're amazing, uh, and they, they cap it with the way they should. A perfect 12-0 season and a state championship to boot in dominant fashion. They were the best team all year. Once they got past those first four games and proved that they were able to win those games, they were the best. That includes Northern Valley, Ashland, all those teams. Once they got past those, uh, it was it was kind of known from that point in time, as long as they didn't trip on themselves, they were going to win a six-man state title, and they got that done. So congratulations to uh, head coach Chris Walden and, of course, the Shiloh Cougar football team, six-man state football champions. Tip of the cap to Wichita County. They were unable to win back-to-back -back state titles. They lost to Linden 34-6. to was the final score in the eight-man D1. Other state champions include Axtell uh, winning over South Central, Mill Valley winning big over Cape and Mount Carmel, uh, Nemaha Central doubling up Hoisington, Gardner-Edgington with a three-point win over Derby in 5A, uh, Conway Springs beating Jefferson County North, to, or, uh, Shot, or Cheney winning the state in 3A over Topeka Hayden 34-7, 
And St. Thomas Aquinas, 35-7 over Andover Central. Those are your state champs of 2023 in football for high school in Kansas. And I think probably the bigger storyline than the scores was the weather that it was played in. Snow all over the place, including in uh, Heston, which is where the eight-man championship games were held. There was 11 inches of snow reported at the end of the day, so they were running in snow so deep. (laughs) Pretty much like what you saw at the K-State football game was what a majority of the state championship games were played in across the state of Kansas for high school football. Wow, I did not realize there was that much snow. I knew I knew snow was an issue because I think, correct me if I'm wrong, at least one of those games was delayed uh, or, or they had some sort of trouble. Yeah, with they were delayed. They all got pushed. Did they get pushed back or, or moved no, up? No, they got pushed they forward. Got, they moved, got moved, moved forward, up to help. Me. They got moved up to try yeah. and help with the teams getting back with it not being so dark and traveling when it's mm-hmm. dark. So I, I think that's why that happened. Uh, that's why they got moved up. But now, look, it's football. It's football, people. You're, you're going to play in all kinds of weather. It's the way it is. And uh, credit to these teams for for going out there and getting it done in the snow and the ice and the cold. So congratulations to them. And I'm sure when you win, it was a whole lot of fun to go do snow angels in the end zone. I'm pretty sure it was pretty neat. So once again, did I did I tell you uh, that that some. Uh, Cheney TikTok came up on my page after they beat uh, Andale. There was, there was, I, th- I must have liked it because the the Cheney high school boys keep making TikToks, and another one came up after they won the state title, and I believe that they were doing uh, Snow Angels, which is, I think, probably the best way you can you can celebrate. That. That's right. That's right. That's how you celebrate it. All right, real quickly, if you got a second winner, we're gonna run through these real fast. Got a second winner? We got to get to a break, so I'll do this quick. But Jackson State and James Madison, we've talked a lot this year about, hey, they should be able to earn bowl spots. They are now because there are 82 bowl spots and 79 six-win teams. And because there aren't enough, those two, that's Jackson State and James Madison, who are, of course, moving up to D1, are then allowed those spots by the NCAA. Should they have been allowed them before? Absolutely, but a win is a win. That's right. Congratulations. They deserve to be in the postseason for the years that those two teams have had. Uh, my final win of the weekend, how about the Denver Broncos? Five straight wins, 29-12 victory over Browns over the Browns on Sunday. The Browns, I feel bad for them. They are littered with injuries like nobody's business. <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, by the way, the fifth straight win, uh, this is all coming after a 1-5 start. Want to know why it is happening? Defense, folks. 15 takeaways in the last four games. That's the best stretch since I was born, 1989. Been a long stretch. Russell Wilson is also a big reason why. During this five-game winning streak, not a single interception. 19 touchdowns, four picks on the year. They're not doing anything fancy on offense. They're letting their defense, which gave up the 70-burger to Miami, win a lot of these games. Um, they're just they're playing great. That is safety last uh, this week into the Browns. Schedule's going to get more tougher down the stretch here for Denver. But they've taken advantage of it. And guess what? They're right in the thick of the playoff race. So my final win of the weekend. Uh, the Denver Congratulations to them on what's well, been a great turnaround for Sean Payton and his crew. And we'll see what they can do uh, going forward here in the coming weeks in the NFL slate. Reach out to a Browns fan in your life. They, <laughs> they need I a mean, hug. Oh, my gosh. They need a hug bad. Uh, Miles Garrett was out most of this game. Of course, DTR was, and I'm quoting from the sideline reporter here, spitting up blood after taking a hit <laughs> in the fourth. Um, they they also, I think it was uh, Mari Cooper who, Cooper 
who I believe he was able to finish the game but went down with a hard hit and missed a couple of drives. There's no one left on this ball club. The fact that they're 7-4 and four is crazy. I think they ran a quarterback sneak with Harrison Bryant, the tight end, at one point in time oh. in the game. <laughs> so, I mean, they were, they were uh, they're in rough shape. They are in rough shape, are the Cleveland Browns. All right, we got to get to break. When we come back, uh, our losers of the weekend coming up here on a fun Monday show. You're listening to the Morning Blitz.